The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. The one-two pitch, ball line to Yout, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air... Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history. Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center. He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well, and it's gone! Morgan a smash up the middle, base hit the center. Here comes Gomez around third. A throw and the Brewers win. The Brewers are moving on on a base hit by Nigel Morgan. Here it is. Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up, get up, get out of here and go for Yelich. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me. Adam McGee. We talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, the sun is shining in Phoenix, Arizona. Spring is upon us. Spring training baseball games are happening involving the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, first of all, welcome to our podcast. How are you doing today? It's always a pleasure to be invited onto your podcast, Andrew. I'm doing very, very well. Um. The Brewers are back, but they're also not back because if a baseball game happens in Arizona and it's not televised anywhere else on the planet, did it really happen at all? I don't know. We're taking taking a lot of people's word for, you know, so Brewers losses, honestly, as well. I saw them win with my own eyes. I haven't seen them lose with my own eyes yet. But yeah, I guess that's a different issue. Yeah, that's neither here nor there, Adam. It's spring training when everything means everything and everything means nothing. It's like whose line is it anyway? Everything's made up and the points, they do not matter. Um, Yep, we've got uh, fake Brewers baseball back, spring training, getting set for the season. And you're right, uh, Saturday or was it, was it Sunday or Saturday? Saturday, Sunday's opener, Saturday's Saturday. opener. Uh, Saturday's opener against the Los Angeles Dodgers at American Family Fields of Phoenix. 
got things kicked off for the spring. There were some good things. There were some bad things. Um, uh, over the course of the last three days, the Brewers are now two and two on their spring schedule after wrapping up a win right before we sat down to re- record this podcast. As we know, the spring training wins and losses, they do not matter. We'll get into uh, some news and notes about those four games, some positive things we saw, some uh, blips on the radar, we'll call it, as people are getting warmed up for the season. Uh, but first off, I want to remind everyone, Adam and I are coming to Milwaukee. Uh, the first week in April, we'll be catching some Milwaukee Brewers games. We'll be catching some Milwaukee Bucks games. But most importantly, we'll be hosting with our GSB and colleagues, Ty Windish, Rohan Cotty, Numak and Jordan Tresky, um, a watch party where we'll gather in a to-be-determined location and watch the Bucks play the Wizards and watch the Brewers play the Mets. Go to gspn.info to uh, RSVP via a Google form so we can get a headcount, see who all is interested if you want to bring a guest, and then we'll determine a location and uh, make that announcement shortly after the fact. But uh, yeah, uh, take a look at that, gspn.info. Um, getting into the, the meats and bones of what we're going to talk about here, Adam, like I said, there have been four spring training games played, um, so far, and we'll talk about individual performance, uh, of some players. But the first thing I want to talk about is the, the conversation that's really dominating the first week of spring training, I'll say, and that is around the new rules that, uh, baseball is implementing and you know they're implementing them cold turkey the umpires are going to be uh vigilant in calling it like these new rules are supposed to be called just so everyone gets used to it and when we get to the regular season hopefully some of the the issues are worked out obviously i'm going to go in reverse order here by importance uh one of the rules is the bigger bases so the bases have gone from uh 15 square inches to 18 square inches um, the shift restrictions, so two infielders must be positioned on either side of second base when a pitch is released. All four, four infielders must uh, have both feet within the infield dirt when the pitcher is on the rubber. And then the one that we're going to talk about is the pitch clock. So 15 seconds with the bases empty, 20 seconds with runners on. Hitter gets one timeout per plate appearance, must be in the batter's box with eight seconds left. Pitchers get two disengagements, either a pickoff attempt or stepping off per batter. Violations are a bog. Um, so on MLB's propaganda page, <laughs> they'll say that uh, mm-hmm. the pitch timer and the limits on uh, pickoff attempts led to 26% increase in stolen base attempts in the minors, and the pitch timer helped reduce game length by 25 minutes in the minors in 2022. Take this with a grain of salt um, because these are spring training games, but that first Major League Baseball game in Arizona that we watched the Brewers play against the Dodgers came in at 2 hours and 21 minutes. I've done a lot of talking at you right now, Adam. But first thoughts on the pitch clock in particular, because I think that's the that's the new rule that they're you know playing under right now that I think we're seeing immediate uh, impact. I like it, and it seems to be working quite well early on. This is obviously not an entirely blind experiment because we have had elements of this in the minor leagues, and the feeling was, yeah, that works. I guess the the only questions and the kind of things we're going to see as we go on are something of the balance and what does this do later in a game to what everyone understands baseball as and honestly what really creates attention 
that few other sports can match because of the fact that things slow down and even as a spectator you really have to kind of dwell in the moment and consider all possibilities and best case and worst case and it all kind of gets mixed up in your head and you're waiting and you're waiting and okay here we go like that's that's kind of at the heart of baseball so i do feel like it's a real positive change um and as someone who lives in a time zone that is quite different to the time zones I'm watching these games, I am very welcoming of any change that's going to get me some more sleep, and this certainly will. Um, I do wonder, though, if there are going to be some slightly unforeseen knock-on effects in terms of how drama plays out and just how kind of impactful that is. But we'll only find out over time and when those situations arise, really, and honestly for where baseball is at as a sport and where MLB is at as a league maybe the trade-off is worth it you know if you can make these games shorter you get them within the kind of range of what an NBA game is as well that's that's really exactly what we're talking about with that first game um that could be beneficial on all fronts also I just feel like you need to see more because Things probably move a little bit faster anyway um, in spring training, aside from all of the changes, which would prolong things. I guess guys' approaches, there might be more purpose. It's not going to be true for everyone, um, but there might be just more kind of freedom where it's, okay, we're here in spring training. Let's get this thing over with and let's play tomorrow and let's get that over with and let's get to the season. Um but I'm going to be interested to see how all this plays out when we're seeing it day after day after day and we get to meaningful baseball games. Yeah, I like it a lot so far. Uh, I'm the type of person who would spend all day at a ballpark if you let me, but I realize that I'm not representative of the wider fan base of baseball and new fans who may have attention spans that are uh, a little different. I I we're quick to criticize ownership or administration at MLB or whoever it may be um, when we disagree with something. But I think this is something that's a no brainer and I think uh, it's going to work out. And I think, you know, we enjoy the drama, like you said, about the a tense moment in a playoff game. But also one thing we like about baseball is action balls and play pitchers, throwing pitches, uh, guys making contact and, and things like that. So if this is something that can, just get the game going and there's less of just uh, some 36 year old relief pitcher scratching his ass for uh, 25 seconds. Then I think but there's, that, that'll be there's a- someone, Andrew, maybe you can remember right off top, but we definitely had the experience on a playback last year. We were watching some game live. There was a starter. I might be a pretty high profile starter as well. I just can't place who it was. And they were so slow. They were by far the slowest person that I saw last year pitching and it was a completely different game. And honestly, it was terrible. Like, it's just so without of... We had the conversations about, this is so extreme that it's just got to be completely trying the batters off any kind of rhythm. Like, how is this a thing? I think that's this conversation tends to focus on the macro of, oh, baseball game's shorter, and that's good for all these reasons. I do think just on the individual level to just essentially get rid of guys who themselves disrupt the flow of a game is probably just as important because 
you know, it's probably going to force everyone to speed up by a few seconds, but there are guys who will have to speed up significantly, and I think that balance is one that is probably worthwhile. Yeah, that's that's a really good point as well. I can't remember who it was. Uh, in my mind... It's going to annoy me now. For some reason, I thought it was you, Darvish, but I have zero memory of whether he's a guy that works fast or works slow. I have no idea. For some reason, I just thought that was because I'm ma- I'm imagining a Padres jersey in my mind. I don't I, know. I think, I'll look. I think you, Darvish, works a little on the slow side, and we might have remarked upon it, but I don't think that was the case. There was someone who was really pushing it. And off air, I'll uh, we'll, we'll figure unpa- it out. Someone I'll, listening I'll... might remember because they might have been in the playback room too unpack the the chambers of my mind and and figure out uh who it was on to the baseball um so like we said the brewers opened up with the los angeles dodgers robert stock on the mound for the brewers throws a scoreless inning alex claudio got a scoreless inning in elvis figuero who was obviously part of the package in return for hunter renfro in that train with the los angeles angels uh, allowed two hits, one of which was a home run to Freddie Freeman, so two earned runs in his Brewers debut. Scoreless innings from Tyson Miller, um, Justin Yeager, who was acquired in the uh, trade that brought the Brewers, William Contreras, uh, threw an inning, three hits, two runs, both of them earned, so not great there. Those are some of, uh, some of the notable names that got time that might be vying for a spot on the Brewers' opening day roster, even if some of them are long shots. Um, but Adam... Uh, tell me about the moment you knew that you know baseball was getting close. I, I know th- this game. This game started in the perfect Adam McGee way, I should say. Yeah, well, I, I think it was second pitch to him, and Rowdy Tellez hit a home run. Which does it get better than that, Andrew? It it doesn't. It's beautiful. I've got Jeff and Rock in my ears. We've got Rowdy Tellez hitting a home run. It it just felt so familiar and and so warm and so great. Another uh, performative note in this game: Garrett Mitchell hit a pair of home runs, homered in the third, scoring himself and Joey Weimer. Homered in the fifth, scoring himself and Joey Weimer. Joey Weimer had a nice day as well. Um, he got a hit, he stole a base, and then obviously was on base during both of those Garrett Mitchell homers. Brewers Twitter running wild with uh, some thoughts that Garrett Mitchell seems to is like shortened his swing a little bit. A uh, quicker path to the ball. Will that play out over the rest of the spring in the regular season? I don't know, but the power stroke was looking good for Garrett Mitchell uh, in game one, and he's obviously going to be a guy. Wasn't the only thing looking good, Andrew. Uh, he was also looking good because he's very handsome. Um, very as handsome. We, as we De- Delivering. Yes. Gary Handsome is very handsome. Uh, obviously, Mitchell, a guy who is going to be a big-time factor in – uh, trying to win a job as a starting center fielder, and I think both of us have expected that to be the outcome um, for a long time. Uh, two homers in one spring training game don't necessarily mean that job is sealed up, but just a fun a fun start to the season where we've been without uh, Brewers baseball for a while, and it was nice to see. Uh, Sunday was less fun, Adam. I think this you're is mo- probably you're your moving fr- too fast here. You move. Let's let's particularly because neither we are people listening got to see some of these games so let's let's really bask in saturday's game which there was at least the option for that for people the one thing that i we've talked about and we talked about as an area of concern and it's maybe the biggest question like okay 
Garrett Mitchell, two home runs. Yeah, that's pretty good. Joey Weimer getting scored in those. That's pretty good. But let's let's just generally, this is the kind of outfield that we're all dreaming of. Again, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer, self Relic. I'm not looking for you to make proclamations based on a spring training game, but this is us getting to see them, get us getting to see them in a mix, um, where you've got other kind of core Brewers players out there. What did it make you feel, Andrew? Is maybe the way to put it. It made me feel like uh, all things are possible uh, through through rookie outfielders. Uh, it was cool. That's an outfield that we've seen um, on a on a uh, stream in Nashville probably before, or in a sure. box score uh, before Garrett Mitchell uh, got his call up to the Brewers. And it's, you know, will we ever see that iteration of the outfield this season with some of the veteran additions uh, the Brewers have made and Tyrone Taylor still hanging around? Of course, uh, since we last recorded, I think it's been noted that he has a sore elbow and has not quite gotten uh, started going in spring. So that's something to monitor. Adam and I are monitoring the situation moving forward. So, you know, we'll keep you posted. Um, Yeah, it was uh, it's something to dream on uh, if you get to a a point in the season where Yelly needs a day off. Maybe someone's on the IL and you've got all three guys called up at once. Uh, Joey, I, I mean, South Relix contact skills are obviously something we've talked about quite a bit. He reached base once in this game, but it was via uh, catcher's interference, which I remarked to Adam that, you know, his contact skills were even better than we anticipated. Uh, Weimer uh, is another guy who I think if he gets time and, uh, if the strikeout rate concerns are not real, he's going to become a fan favorite because of just that aggressive playing style. He uh, gets a single, steals a base. Uh, South Freeland got caught stealing, but uh, you know I, I respect the uh, ambition in trying to run more. You've got that extra base to work with. You've got the uh, pickoff limitations that the pitchers have. Why not? Why not test it out in the spring and just like if, if you're a guy who figures to be someone that. Stealing bases is a part of your game uh, in the regular season. See what you can get away with in the in spring training and see if uh, these new rules are really going to be something that benefits you and something you can take advantage of. So love seeing that outfield play all together. Obviously, we got Luke Voigt at DH in this game. Uh, he had a, a single as well. So a lot to like, but You're, I think... I can't, can't let you move on again because we promised... We promised the Discord that we'd reveal something that you and I had discussed uh, privately as well, which was an important development that came from this game, which is, of course, very handsome, very handsome man, ranking very highly on the handsome Brewers rankings. He might have company, though, Andrew. I think there's there's something worth monitoring. If the film Moneyball taught me anything, it's that I should be very concerned with how, you know, these prospects look. Um... <laughs> can't say can't say I fully understand all this yet, but listen, I the message went in loud and clear. I need I need handsome players on my baseball team. Brewers, no shortage of that. But uh, I, I think we got a new contender in the man I'm going to christen now, Sultry Sal. Uh, yeah, I'm on board. I I agree with your assessment and. You know, I think uh, 
I think they they pair really nicely together in that outfield, Adam. And it's it's something it's something that I want to see more of as the season goes along. Who knows? Um, We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, the the thing that I was most excited about when I saw the lineup uh, after having to read it twice, which I got chastised for, was uh, seeing them all together uh, in the same lineup card. But uh, good, uh, good first day for the outfield, uh, making things happen uh, on the base pads and then over the fence in Garrett Mitchell's case. Adam, were you familiar with the fact that split squad spring training games are a thing, or was this a new new facet of baseball fandom for you? Um, I don't. I actually don't know the answer to that. The answer would be that it didn't surprise me. It just seemed like, oh yeah, this is this is a perfectly normal thing to do for the sport that plays every single day pretty much in season and decides, oh yeah, what's our preseason gonna look like? Well, it's gonna look like spring training where we're gonna play every day for a month. So the fact that they would also decide, you know what, on some of those days we're gonna play two games and split the squad up, it just it checked out to me, Andrew. So I didn't there weren't too many kind of surprises in that from my perspective. Um, that's fair. You know, I, I think throughout this process, I think one thing that uh, you've learned is, to, you know, to not be surprised in anything. You might be watching a Rockies uh, Brewers playoff game from 2018 and be like, why are all those trees out there in center field? I mean, things happen sure. and you're, you're coming across things. Um, 
so the Brewers uh, split the team. They uh, played the Rockies. I think that one was on the road at Salt River Field, if I'm remembering that correctly. And then they hosted the Oakland Athletics at American Family Fields of Phoenix. I did not get to see either of these games. I listened to a little bit of one of them on radio. Um, I believe it was the Oakland game that they were broadcasting on radio. You know, why can't why can't they just have some guy in center field with a with a camcorder recording for the people like me that, you know, don't have lives and want to watch all these games? Start with the game. Can I actually Oakland before that, can I ask you a question? Because you just kind of touched on something there. Go ahead. So we've got in the Brewers case, um, we've got American Family Fields of Phoenix. This ten thousand capacity stadium. That is the Brewers base in Arizona. Every team has their own stadium in wherever they do spring training. Am I right in saying that? Uh, I don't know if some share. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Because just and on a practicality don't... level, this seems wild to me. In that they that they own their own like complex. But just yeah. I mean, well, the, but there have isn't extended... more centralized, like because this is a base where people come every year. Um, a more centralized experience where there is kind of okay, this is yours now. I see the obvious competitive advantages in having your own space, but if this is something that stretches all across Major League Baseball, where you've just got this kind of scale of it, well, some teams own, own their facilities and complexes, and some don't. I, I trying to remember if it's trending more in the yeah you have this and you own it uh the braves for the longest time and they don't need more um they played in the wild wide world of sports at disney um so i think it's a case-by-case basis especially in florida but then owning your complex and fields also is helpful in establishing your, your extended spring training and like where guys go to, you know, rehab injuries and get mm-hmm. back up to playing uh form during the season. There is uh, a revenue, so, like eight I mean, thousand people re- attend yeah. Dodgers, Brewers, uh Amfam Phoenix. Is that that going back to the central coffers? And then they were tapped out uh on Sunday when uh a little shy of three thousand showed up. They were just everyone was so tired from the opener against the Dodgers, they just had to they had to rest. Um, yeah, I guess I guess I'm just kind of used to it, so it's not something that even crosses my mind when when thinking about these sorts of things. It crosses my mind. It's definitely it's a weird baseball thing. But thank you. It was somewhat helpful explanation. Carry on. Yeah, yeah. I I'm by no means an expert on spring training facilities and how that tracks across. Uh, both the teams in the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League, but maybe maybe for a later day. I'll do some research on that. I'll start with the athletics game. Uh, rough start for Jansen Junk in a Brewers uniform. Did not record an out. Four hits, four runs, all of them earned. Two walks. Uh, a homer to, or a ground rule double, excuse me, to Shea Langoliers, which scored Esteiri Ruiz. Uh, and then Jesus Aguilar provided an RBI single. Uh, a double play would score the other run to make it four nothing athletics after the first, but uh, a tough start to a Brewers career for Jansen Junk. 
uh, something to monitor going forward to see how he bounces back from that rough start here on ESPN. Uh, it's showing his ERA as infinity. So that's that's not good. You only want <laughs> infinity when you're collecting infinity stones. Uh, Javi Guerra provided a scoreless inning, a guy that should be competing for a bullpen spot. Gus Varland threw an inning, three hits, one run. It was earned a walk with two strikeouts. J.C. Mejia, a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. Uh, Tiago Vieira provided a scoreless inning. And that should do it for the guys that will be in contention for a bullpen spot. I think Guerra and Varland, obviously, the guys to to really hone in on there. And J.C. Mejia, who is coming back after uh, serving the uh, performance-enhancing drug suspension. On the offensive side of things, uh, we got a Luis Arias home run. Uh, Eric Brown Jr. provides a home run as well, and Cam Devaney. So Eric Brown Jr., obviously, uh, Milwaukee's first-round pick out of Coastal Carolina from last season. Brian Anderson got a hit. Uh, Victor Caratini got a hit. Luke Voigt, another hit. You know, signed to a minor league deal uh, last week, and, you know, he's in in the lineup uh, getting base hits, a guy that uh, we're really curious on if, uh, he can provide some pop off the bench and be a guy that can spell Rowdy at first base and Jesse Winker at DH. Tyler Naquin also signed to a minor league deal last week, hit a double in the game. Uh, Abraham Toro got some time at second base, didn't record a hit. Uh, Robert Moore, uh, draft pick out of Arkansas last year. Um, and Monte Harrison uh, came into the game, or I think actually he started this game, recorded a hit of his own. But the Brewers fall 11-4, to and I think the... Most noteworthy things in this game were Jansen's tough start, um, some scoreless innings from some bullpen arms, and Weicho and Eric Brown Jr.'s home run. Yeah, I saw absolutely none of this game, just like everyone else who was not in Phoenix. So my takeaways are pretty limited on it. We are box score watching, Adam. <laughs> we truly are. Um, would have been nice for Junk to get off to a better start but hey this is what spring training is for a lot of time to iron that out um i'm just curious really to see a larger impression build up over time with a lot of these guys who we've talked about one way or another whether they're kind of fringe contenders for the real roster come the season um, or just prospects that we're very high on that we're trying to map out, okay, well, could they factor into the mix some point this season or next season or the year after that, whatever it might be. So in dealing with the tiny samples, that one's tough. It is fun when you can look at someone like Brown, you're like, oh, yeah, okay, go on. Uh, One thing I did notice, I was doing some research for you, Adam. It says that... The facility in Phoenix is owned and operated by the Parks and Re- Recreation Department. So there you go. Not owned by the Brewers. My mistake. And yet they've branded it with their sponsor. And hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, Brown, Brown getting a home run, like that's fun. That's obviously exciting. Um, a first round pick for the Brewers making an impact, getting out there and doing stuff right away. That's fun. That's what you want to see. So, I guess we'll see collectively what what builds for a lot of other players. Like there, there are little moments even in the the game against the Dodgers. I thought Toro had a couple of moments defensively where you're like, 
okay, maybe there's something more there than I'm giving thought to. Maybe he can factor in. So I don't know. Are we underestimating to some extent the level of turnover on this roster beyond kind of the guys we would have penciled in? There's really a lot of change to figure out exactly how beyond maybe what our first choice team would look like and what on a lot of nights throughout this season the Brewers are going to line up as. And we're not going to get any answers on that based on a couple of spring training games, but maybe over the entirety of spring training, we can start to see something that could also factor into the Brewers' thoughts when it comes to making final roster decisions on where they go from there. Absolutely. Um, Brown Jr. is a really fun one because he's a guy who coming into the draft and after the draft, the talk was about his very loud swing and he appears to quieted things down pretty significantly. If you um, take a look at the video of the home run on the Brewers player development Twitter account, you'll see that. Before moving on to the Rockies game, Adam, I Googled Cactus League, 15 teams, 10 stadiums. So there we go. Uh, the Diamondbacks and Rockies share a facility. I don't have uh, exact locations of the others that share, uh, the Cleveland Guardians and the Reds, and that should put us pretty close to the Kansas City Royals and the Texas Rangers, the Mariners and the Padres, so the Dodgers and the Chicago White Sox. So, Adam, you know, a lot of these teams are really doing what you asked, and so that's, you know, it's nice to see, just like sharing uh, sharing some facilities. But I've been a great Fruit League guy my uh, most of my career, so... Thanks for helping me uh, learn more about my bearings in Arizona. I appreciate you for that, Adam. You're welcome. This is why I come on your podcast. Yes, you sure do. Uh, against the Colorado Rockies in Scottsdale, Arizona, the Brewers uh, would send Robert Gasser out to the mound to get to start against Kyle Freeland. Interestingly enough, I mean, we've seen uh, Brewer starters to this point in the season um, just throw a single inning. Kyle Freeland for the Rockies threw three innings. And he did not have a fun time. Uh, three innings pitched, six hits, three earned runs. Uh, one of those was on a Kessing Hira RBI single, which scored Owen Miller. Um, a Peyton Henry sacrifice fly scored Joey Weimer in the second. And then a Bryce Tarang single in the second scored Sal Freelich. Gasser provided a scoreless first inning. Um, one walk, two strikeouts, and a hit. Uh, another player of note, obviously, between episodes, it, it came out that Ethan Small is going to be working as a reliever in spring training and his first outing, uh, not exactly what he wanted. Uh, an inning pitch, two hits, two runs. They're both earned a walk and a strikeout. Obviously, the walks are going to be the biggest thing um, to to look at for Small. Um, the hit I'm that he allowed was a two-run home. One of the hits he allowed was a two-run homer, and so that's uh, how that factored in. Continue, Adam, sorry. Uh, I'm just I'm taking the positives in that because I I'm glad they made that decision and we're going to start yeah. working through and get the answers to it because I think this would be a waste of time if we didn't spring training with him as a starter. Um, not that this is really a spring training plays out anyway, but I do think get the mindset fully locked in to okay, this is who you are, this is what we want you to do now. Can you do it? And him work through his issues with that kind of. With that in mind, I, I think his progress from, I guess, the kind of no man's land he found himself in last year after he got his opportunity in the big leagues and it went disastrously bad. 
Yeah, we're on the same page there because I think it's to the point in his career where it's tough to imagine him him figuring out the command and control stuff enough to be a reliable even back half of the rotation starter, but he could turn into a positive member of the bullpen. He has to show it. He has to show that that control and command uh, is not going to present himself with the same issues as it did as a starter. Um, first sample, uh, not great, but like you said, the decision has been made, and being able to focus on that and know what your role is and not wonder okay, I'm working to be a starter in the spring. I'm going to go to Nashville and be a starter. And then in May, are they going to revert me back to the bullpen? And are we going to have this snip, snap, snip, snap sort of situation? Um, so, yeah, I too am on the same page and saying that that is a good decision for him, his present, and his future. Um, other brewers of note, uh, prospect Carlos Rodriguez got an ending in this game. Did not go well as well. Four hits. Three runs, they were all earned. Two walks and a strikeout. Um, he is uh, a guy who will soon be headed to the World Baseball Classic to pitch for Nicaragua. Uh, so something to monitor there for him. Brewers bats that made a positive impact. Owen Miller went two for three, scored a run. Uh, a pair of doubles, I believe, both of them off of Kyle Freeland. Uh, Keston Hira, the, the RBI single, his role on this team is... Who knows uh, with the signing of Luke Voigt um, and Sal Freelick, a two hit day scored a run. Joey Weimer adds another hit to the mix and an RBI. So the, the, the two outfielders that we don't expect to, to make the opening day roster off to hot starts. Nice to see uh, Bryce Terang getting that hit as well. Uh, Blake Perkins got in at bat, did not record a hit. I think he uh, had a walk and then, uh, nothing else doing for him. Ultimately, not a great day for the Brewers as they would fall 12-6 to six to the Rockies. Uh, anything else stand out about this box score, Adam, as we were, <laughs> once again, rudely kept from uh, watching the Milwaukee Brewers on a Sunday afternoon when we you know, could have been spending time with our families? Absolutely not. You're going full sicko mode. I think you joked last week. Baby off air to me about imagine if I just did what I do for normal games for strict training games, and that is exactly what we're doing. And there's not even strict training games you can see, so I'm just really sitting back and admiring your work here. That's what's happening right now. See, yeah, here's the thing, uh, Adam is I tried to transition really quickly away from that first game, but then I, I got my hand slapped, and then I was like, oh, maybe he wants me to really dig in. No, I just need I just needed to get in sultry sal. That's all that was about. Oh, well. All right, uh, we're going. Maybe the people, fire. maybe the people want this. People can, people can chime in. They can let us know when this goes out. Like, do, you, do you, is this what you want? Uh, I, I really my voice don't think may have do. sounded more judgment there than I meant to, but we'll find out if people are into it. I guess we can do it. All right, I'm just gonna take my highlights from from today's game. Just the oh. highlights. Scoreless inning from Adrian Hauser and Bryce Wilson. Oh, Love to see that. Uh, Hobie Milner allowed three runs. You know, it's early. It's fine. Uh, Peter Streslecki, a couple of walks, a hit, and a run allowed. Don't like to see that. Scoreless inning from uh, Joel Piamps. Uh, Jake Cousins, a scoreless inning. Uh, Admiral Uribe touched 100 miles per hour, uh, as he's known to do. This was via Todd Rosiak's Twitter. Uh, and he had a strikeout. No hits, no runs. Great work from Admiral Garrett Mitchell. Another hit, another RBI. Uh you know, uh, Mike Brasso homered, uh, Tyler Black 
with uh, a pair of doubles. Tyler Black hoping to have a season where he stays healthy. When he was inserted into the game, he was inserted for Mike Brasso, and he played third base. So, you know, Tyler Black, as we talked about, a guy that can eventually turn into that utility switch army knife. We love to see that. Two more hits from Owen Miller. Jefferson Cuero with an RBI single. Uh, Bryce Terang, another hit. Brewers win 10-4 to against the Kansas City Royals at American Family Fields of Phoenix. Nope, it was in Surprise, Arizona. What am I saying? Uh, American Family Fields of Phoenix, not owned by the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers win 10-4, Surprise, Arizona, as the road team against the Kansas City Royals. I love how your response was, I'm going to do exactly the same thing, but I'm going to do it really fast. Which, I again, I look forward to people who listen on like two times speed it's gonna be fun i can't wait um it was like it was like pitch clock in effect there right it was i'm not doing this next week i promise i promise you, i got people might want a it. rabbit hole people might I was want looking it at, i was looking at the numbers i was seeing the tweets rolling in today and i was like i gotta tell the people I, about mike brasso's home run i have less of a problem with it i in fact i'm on board if i can see like if over the next I mean, guts of a month, I'm able to watch, let's be honest, I'm not watching every inning of these games. That's reserved for you and you only, Andrew. But if I was to watch four or five innings where the guys I'm most interested in are in the game, no problem. I'll come in and do that. When they're not showing me the games, that's that's tough. I've I've got very little here. I could read the box scores. I'm not that kind of guy. I like even, you know, mid-season if I miss something. I need a condensed game. I need something. As you said, just get a camera out there of some sort. Just show us something, and then maybe we can do that. Uh, some boots on the ground people giving us, like, side view uh, of individual uh, hits was nice. Uh, the the Mike Brasso line drive homer was very satisfying from the angle I saw Bruce it on. tweeted and that, right. Mike Brasso also helped um, some people with a gender reveal uh, today as well. So good guy, Mike Brasso. Uh home run and just all around nice guy we assume would 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 love to have him on the podcast sure. any other spring training thoughts adam before we move on to uh going back in time let's let's go back to 2018 well as we enter the time machine uh sunday we had a double header of a playback the bucks took down the phoenix suns who are frauds need to say it the phoenix suns they are frauds Kevin, as he is known, he's dropping the last name. He's just going by Kevin now. Kevin is not going to save them. He's not going to save them. Uh, I, I don't support this take at all, just for the record, for, for cross-sports listeners. No. Uh, stay healthy for me one time, man. Like, win a title without a super team. Uh, stay healthy for me. Uh, I don't even believe this take, as I'm saying, and I'm just trying <laughs> to like do like sports radio guy. Um I after really, that, I, I put you out of your rhythm. It's my fault. After after that, we sat down and once again, we watched a baseball game from nearly five years ago. As we've been doing lately, the Milwaukee Brewers, having defeated the Colorado Rockies in the National League Division Series, go up against the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's easy to forget when we think about this era of Major League Baseball that the Brewers were the home team and the higher seed in this series. This game was played at American Family Field. I believe it was Miller Park back then, um, uh, if I'm remembering that correctly and hearing some of our, our listeners in the, the playback room. Uh, you're right, you're the right. Name change. 
Uh, the Dodgers were 92 and 71, beat the Braves in the division series. Brewers came in at 96 and 67. So they're the home team. So they uh, they have the advantage there. Easy to forget that just because we think of the Dodgers as this unbeatable in the regular season super team that's going to win 100 games every year. Um, but at this point, that year they were not. Gio Gonzalez facing off against Clayton Kershaw. Uh, another game that would prove to be a bullpen game for the Brewers and showing Craig Council's ability to mix and match pitchers. Um, game got started off on a sour note in the second inning. A Manny Machado home run uh, would make it one nothing Dodgers. I think we uh, ruled that that was indeed a piss missile. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, certain types of home runs are certain aren't, and you just got to classify them. Shout the Brewers. Yeah, shout out to Numac if you're listening. Um, the Brewers then would claw back, and one of the best moments of the postseason run came in the third inning. I knew you were waiting for this. I was waiting for this. One thing I distinctly remembered, even not being a Brewers fan at the time, was Brandon Woodruff stepping to the plate in the third inning and socking a home run off of future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. Adam, did it live up to your expectations? Because it sure, it sure was fun to relive. Sure did. It's a thing of beauty in every sense. Uh, he just looks good in the batter's box. Like that's kind of the jarring thing because this was something that I had knowledge of. Honestly, going back probably to when we started this podcast, it was something that people kept talking about. Um, anytime we talk about Brandon Woodruff, or certainly we did a lot of Brandon Woodruff playback games last year, and it would always come up. Um, one thing this exercise of us watching 2018 games has done is give me the chance to watch what it was actually like when pitchers occasionally were asked to bat. And the answer is it was horrendous. It was really bad. And for good reason, they've moved away from it. The flip side is when something like this happens, it's spectacular. Um, what he just looks so comfortable. That's my big takeaway that I went to look at his larger career numbers and it was just two career home runs, one in the regular season, one in the postseason. My God, did he know how to time it to get one in the NLCS off Clayton Kershaw? That's pretty good, Brandon Woodruff, if I do say so myself. But yeah, it was beautiful. Just as satisfying as I would have imagined. Yes, it was. Um, the emotion afterwards, I think, was something uh, that I was struck by. It was, you know, a, a big moment in a big game. And I, as a as a pitcher, when you're growing up thinking about becoming a Major League Baseball player, you probably imagine, like, striking out the side in the ninth inning to win a National League Championship Series game. You maybe don't think about hitting a home run off one of the best pitchers of the modern era, and that's exactly... What Brandon Woodruff did um, later in that inning, Hernan Perez sacrifice fly to center to score Lorenzo Kane would make it 2-1 Brewers at that point, uh, which takes us further into the game. Uh, uh, so Gio Gonzalez goes two innings, one hit, one earned run, a walk, and a strikeout. Woodruff, along with his home run, comes out shoving as we're used to seeing him do. Two innings pitched. Uh, four strikeouts, no hits, no runs, no walks. I would be it would be curious for me to ask uh, Brewers fans at the time if at any point as Woodruff was throwing up zeros, if anyone was a little concerned he wasn't asked to go a little bit longer. 
nevertheless, uh, Council, to that point, had been managing the postseason pretty successfully. Uh, in the fourth inning, Domingo Santana singles to score Manny Pena and Orlando Arcia. Uh, later in that fourth inning, Ryan Braun singles to score Domingo Santana, and it's 6-1 Brewers, um, or excuse me, 5-1 Brewers after four innings. They had to be feeling good from that standpoint. Josh Hader had relieved Woodruff. He went three innings, just two hits, no runs, four strikeouts. Uh, getting to see Josh Hader of that era just come in and do something you and I have never seen him do, um, and that's go three innings. Uh, well, any thoughts on uh, the station-to-station baseball that the Brewers are playing so successfully in the middle of that game and Hader coming in and despite allowing some base runners via the hit, just showing off that dominance of throwing 46 pitches in a game that would open a National League Championship Series and put the Brewers in a very good position when it comes to, you know, advancing in the series. Yeah, well, Hader was going to be my takeaway because he's been amazing in the games that you watched to this point. Uh, I actually don't know if that's something that's going to change and the wheels come off at some point. What I do know is we are seeing a ton of them, and that goes back to starting with game 163. They're working him incredibly hard at this time. And that's obviously pushed to its limit and seeing him go three innings in a game of this magnitude. Um, Obviously, just particularly foreign to someone like me because of the version of Josh Hader and very locked into he is going to be there in the ninth and in the ninth only. And that's when you use Josh Hader and he will be going one inning and one inning only. Um, I know a lot of water went under the bridge to get to that point where that's what I guess he wanted and that's where the team landed and everything everything that comes with that. Um, but to see him go for 46 pitches, very, very impressive. And four strikeouts and allowing only two hits. Like He was about as dialed in as anyone. Um, and to see him tested, also to see Craig just willing to go with that like i i would have thought you get two out of hater and you're very happy and you're like we're in a great spot he's given us exactly what we would have wanted but that was quite the call to go an extra one um maybe given some of what happened after that with some of the people who came in and even where they were at from some of the outings we've seen in our rewatching, i get why but still that's a big call to send hater out for a third inning after he gives you two very, very good innings. Uh, another story in this game that I forgot about, and I just want to mention it off the cuff um, before moving on quickly because this is a player that would eventually be a brewer. Yasmani Grandal behind the plate was just atrocious. The catcher's interference, uh, just balls getting by him. Uh, not good. Kershaw wasn't good, but he wasn't helped out by his catcher. Three innings from Kershaw, six hits, five runs, four of them earned, two walks, two strikeouts. The Brewers were one of the teams that helped really, uh, at least in this game, uh, with the Clayton Kershaw Kershaw postseason narrative because they they made his life hell and knocking him out in the third inning hard to overstate how like impressive that is. Um, Go to the bottom of the seventh. A Jesus Aguilar home run makes it six to one Brewers. And then things go awry in the top of the eighth with Adam's favorite member of the 
2018 Milwaukee Brewers, Xavier Cedeno coming on. He allows a single to Yasmani Grandal, the aforementioned uh, butcher with the catcher's mitt. Jock Peterson grounds out to shortstop to uh, for the fielder's choice. Soria then replaces Cedeno. Uh, Chris Taylor single. Justin Turner strikes out looking, and then he walks Max Muncy to load the bases. Jeremy Jeffers comes on, uh, obviously a guy who was dominant in the regular season. And uh, unfortunately, we have not gotten to see much of that during this playoff run. Allows a single to Manny Machado, then allows a single to Matt Kemp. At that point, it is six to four Brewers with the lead uh, slowly being shaved down. Uh, Jeremy Jeffers gets Yasiel Puig to strike out swinging to end the inning. Uh, Take us that takes us to the top of the ninth inning. Corey Knable comes in. Um, Cody Bellinger grounds out, strikes out Yasmani Grandal, walks Jock Peterson. Chris Taylor triples to make it six to four Brewers. Uh, Peterson scores on the play, and then Corey Knable strikes out uh, Justin Turner. The Brewers secure a six to five uh, win. It got a little scary after the Chris Taylor triple with the tying run being just. 90 feet away from scoring, but the Brewers get out of it. Uh, tough stuff from Sedania, Soria, and Jeffress, but Corey Canable nails things down. And game one of our NLCS watch along in the books. And uh, game two coming to a cinema near you later. It was a good game, really entertaining game. The atmosphere was incredible. That was the standout. I, I mean, it makes sense, not entirely shocking, but even compared to the NLDS, you could hear just how loud Anfam was, just how or Miller Park, excuse me, and how invested Brewers fans were in it. So that was very cool. I like to uh to get to watch the Brewers back in that kind of spot and with the the crowd bringing that kind of energy again. I think that's all we got, Adam. All right, we'll uh we'll be back soon. Andrew's gonna go through every single spring training game between now and next week's episode. So that's going to be a long one, folks. Buckle up. Seriously, if people want some level of that, I think we do it. So they've got to let us know. If I, I think we might have some sickos who are like, yeah, I want Andrew to go through every game. Um, It'll be better if they let me watch them. Like the Dodgers that, that game. Be better. I, saw, I saw Garrett Mitchell's homers. They, they were in my mind. Uh, Sunday and today tough sledding well, maybe that's got to be part of the approach we take because uh, one I think it's only fair to everyone else and the Brewers where we could go a little bit deeper on the games we see and otherwise I don't know if we've got much to add I don't know we'll work that out spring training is weird baseball is weird Um, but yeah we'll have more talk of spring training and anything else Brewers that crops up next week until then, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. GSPN Info. You can get basically everything on all things GSPN. As Andrew noted up top, that includes if you want to register your interest to come to the Watch Along event in Milwaukee on, is it April 4th? I'm now blanking. Tuesday, April, April 4th. April 4th, yep. Um, Brewers, Mets, Books, Wizards, all hopping at once. We'll be somewhere in the Milwaukee area. A venue to be announced later. And if you want to know where we're having our event, you need to let us know that you're interested. So gspn.info, you can register your interest and we'll be in touch. 
subscribe to your pods. Here's the podcast network for all things books. Talking to Tundra for all things Packers. Make time for this. For all things pop culture and really everything else. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Cactus League website. <laughs>